character those in the back row there. Yes, what would you like to explore, touch upon this evening? Um, I wanted to talk about what we discussed in the Dharma talk, which was the habits, habits and patterns. Yes, yes please, yeah. Um, so I went into this just past meditation. Yes. With a focus on um, the objective breath. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I thought to myself, well, maybe I should dive into a pattern. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's the first time my body was like, maybe the whole meditation will just foc- focus on the breath. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I actually started trying to. <clears throat> dive a bit deeper mm-hmm. and I started feeling all of the embodied emotions mm. like the when you feel your pattern yes and how it feels and where it, where it represents itself yes mm-hmm. and so mine was <clears throat> like my pattern I guess if I was to name it is mm. around my self-doubt or my right. perfectionism <coughs> around my work. Okay. And it, like the feeling that overtook me in the meditation, mm-hmm. was like a rush of whether it was blood or just pulsing mm-hmm. anything, all the way down into where my stomach. Yeah. Or, probably trying to pump as much cortisol out of my adrenal glands as possible. Um, and then I started feeling the, the heart rate mm. um, start speeding up and just the body go into sheer panic and total avoidance mm. and wanting to m- move away. Mm. So, just, I just want to check initially that I'm following and uh, tracking you. So initially, uh, intentionality was towards the mindfulness of the breathing. Mm. Then you, you raised an important question uh, with yourself. Let me look at a, a pattern. That turning away from the breath placed your attention uh, on a on a pattern. And this pattern is carrying with it uh, feelings and emotions and a thread running through the pattern is around self-doubt and perfectionism Mm. and it has some connection with work Mm. and as you felt that you felt the impact of all of that in the emotions and then in the body and the the effect on the the organs on the body. There. Can I ask you just a little bit about the um, the content first, uh, and then and then we touch on the feeling, emotion in a moment. The thread was with regard to this pattern. What's the relationship between, for you, in your experience, between self-doubt and perfectionism? What, what's, what's the association for you between those two? <clears throat> I guess the um, wanting and striving yes. to, because um, my work is like I'm a sole business owner. That um, yeah, I'm sorry, miss that you are a sole business owner. So I'm um, my sole, own boss. Oh yes, it's sole business, self-employed. Uh, self-employed. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. and I work in massage, and I don't have any other um, people to talk to no. around my work. All right, um, and then. So my perfectionism comes from wanting to give a really good um, treatment, yes. so sort of massage. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the self-doubt arises when maybe uh, it isn't expressed straight away from the person. Oh, that was really great. All right. Okay. Or, um, or if, even if it isn't that, whether it's um, just the unknowing. Of yes. If anything changed or happened or. So, just to, to, uh, uh, to follow a few important uh, points here. 
So one of them, <coughs> there is the wish to do good. The wish to do good is manifesting itself in the th- more or less in the thought line. <coughs> I really want to give this person a good massage, yeah. a helpful uh, massage. And then come the end with the uh, call client, mm. you, yeah, with the client that uh, uh, there may not be um, any kind of response. Uh, there, nothing verbally expressed or whatever. So not receiving something back mm. then generates the doubt or some doubt. What are the words which you would typically use um, which confirm the doubt? What, what, what's, what's the sort of thing that you would say to yourself when you as good as you can as a masseur and then there is no response from the other what, 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 what might you think or feel or both Especially if the person's uh, leaving straight away, yes. and like you know, you don't even get that uh, the moment of like them coming up and sitting yes. up, and they've got to go to go back to work or yes. something. Right. Um, they walk out, and the it might not come straight away. No, it might come. It might come the next day, or it might come in that afternoon, where the, where I think, was that, was what I did, good enough, mm. um, yeah. or or will it make an impact? Yes. Or yeah. change? Will like because usually mm. it's around um, a Chinese medicine framework. So will yes. it shift yes. something energetically? Mm. All right. To change. Yes. Things? So exactly as you say, may not be in the in the time. It may come uh, after, uh, after the absence of the other others mm. to talk mm. to is a significant factor in all of this. But just touch on that in a moment or uh, moment or two. What in the dynamic? There is the offering of something. There is the action the meeting with the other, the hands-on. There's no response, perhaps she or he is, well, I've got to get back to work, I've got to, uh, etc. Perhaps it's just a momentary thank you, and, and uh, so on, and or forgetfulness, or dissatisfaction. Goodness me, who knows with, with what's going on uh, there. What? the sense of what has to change for you since mm. one can't say to the client well please thank you very much for my great <laughs> massage um, etc so what's the change which will have to come for you mm. what's the change in at, uh, attitude it needs to be understood so that don't get this rebound of the doubt Mm. And, the, and which takes the energy. Um, it feels quite straightforward, but it, it, it but it doesn't at the same time. Like the the response to myself can just be. Well, you know, it was what it was. Like, if they liked it, they liked it. And if they didn't, they won't come back. And that's not a problem. It's a nice, comfortable, sweet point of view. Mm. But it ain't going to make a scrap of difference. <laughs> <That's> true. <laughs> <laughs> I know.
What would you say if you had um, 64 clients in front of you? <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You're getting warm. A lot of work. You've had 64 and you had this view. And you had this view. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm doing my best. I want mm. to offer something really good, etc., etc. Mm. And <coughs> and therefore, I want 64 people to tell me how good it is. What would you say if you had that view? Yeah, it's a bit of a difficult view, isn't it? But, God, that's an English <laughs> understatement. <laughs> yeah. yeah. To to assume that everyone is going to love the thing that you're doing exactly yeah to assume which is mm. a huge if I may say conceit it's a, it's a arrogance that we can easily have in our privileged role to assume that the other whether it's the collective or whether it's the one by one doesn't make any difference here should ought to recognize what one is giving perhaps better things to do etc so when the next client comes in what do you think would be a firm clear outlook on the event he or she walks in front of you on the massage table applying principles of Chinese medicine Mm -hmm. what is the thing to be clear about so there's no romanticizing of your skills. Um, uh, just, I guess, just to treat them um, for what they've come in for, like whatever presents. The, 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 it's good. All right. I didn't. What you said is fine. I mean, the I guess yeah. is. <laughs> uh, what you said is fine, but honestly confidence I couldn't hear it no. it was almost a, a whisper into the concrete <laughs> so you say it with a bit of mm, what you just said with a little bit um. more mm, and they won't bring the clients mm. wait I have to I have to change my seat you bet you bet <laughs> you bet you, you, you need good of mind <laughs> not this wimpish one you had three minutes ago mm. Uh, <laughs> mm. oh, it would be nice to be the first person to cry up here. Um, <laughs> be nice to what? Um, <clears throat> I don't think I can find it. You can, of you can. You're <laughs> human, you can find anything. Go on, go on. Just to, you know. What is the attitude of mind? <laughs> Which, which you stated, you mm. stated it well, it was mm. beautiful, um, yeah, beautiful. When a client comes in mm-hmm. and you are not going to be dependent on his or her approval for your recognition, and therefore you won't have to doubt because you weren't looking for the approval. Yeah. What is the attitude of mind to be able to see that when she or he walks in for your good treatment? Just to, uh, to treat them just for what they've come in for? And All right, sorry. So, to treat them just for what they have come in for. Please say that with some power. <laughs> to treat them ex- exactly for what they've come in for and... Um, um, to treat them what they've come in for and their presentations yeah. at that moment. All right. To treat them what they have come in for with their presentations there and in that way there's a shift from dependency on approval and recognition to the that which is being offered has its value yeah. and you keep your this is, has value whether they respond to it um, or to oneself maybe, maybe not actually not so important. <laughs> <laughs>
just two other things. Mm. Yeah. One is, why aren't you having more contact with the like-minded people? The people of Chinese medicine, the people of Nassau, people you can share and talk with. Does the self-employment have to mean self-isolation? No, and I do have, I have two mentors. Two mentors, yeah. Um, in which I actually don't t talk about mm, like mm, the way that I'm feeling about the no. so work. Then, the then dump the mentors. Mm. And <laughs> because the trouble is with, in relationship to the mentors, there can be a, a tendency to, guess what, seek their approval. It could be the same story over again. And therefore, there could be a hesitation, as you say, in terms of sharing what you're feeling uh, there. So mentors have their place and they can offer good, shall we say, skill advice. And, you can, and that could be really, really helpful for you. But I'm talking about friends, mm -hmm. not about guru figures. Friends, uh, where you can talk about this, mm -hmm. what you're talking with us about. Is there the opportunity for that? Does that need to be cultivated? Because there are others who are in exactly the same position as you. Mm. I'm, I'm lucky because I have Sam. I have Sam. Me Melbourne. Yeah. Mm. Lovely Dharma teacher in uh, Melbourne. Mm. Who, who is someone who reaches out to me as opposed to me actually going and searching for it. She mm will notice it and inquire. Yeah, mm -hmm. good spirit. Yeah, 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 Pre uh, uh, precious. So, having that, with that, uh, reaching out and inquiry there and the sharing. And the final thing, there seemed to be, from your description, with the pattern, quite a lot of emotion you were talking about. Impact and blood and a few other biological functions. Why is that? Um, I think it's because I make I make it so personal. You make it so personal. You're right. All right. Depersonalize it. What would make it impersonal and comfortable rather than personal? and pressure. It's just work. <laughs> You'd be lucky. It's just work. That's the recipe for stress. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> another, another way of looking, please. You're doing fine, by the way, just hang in. <laughs> hmm. It feels like it just needs some boundary. Mm -hmm. Like a boundary. Boundary. Like, mm -hmm. In a way. Mm -hmm. Like I have it when I see clients. Yes. I have boundaries that I put up to ensure that we uh, maintain a professional relationship. Mm. And um, if there's any tra traumatic stuff mm. that they work with, that I just leave it in the clinic room. Mm. Yes. But right. that... So Personal boundary, boundary yes. <laughs> towards the work is yes. probably something. Could <coughs> a little bit with the language. Um, boundaries sometimes for some of us could feel a little contracted. Mm. 
um, appreciate and how very important it is the the ethical uh, uh, concerns uh, as well and of course with treatment the touch uh, of the hand um, some of um, my, my good friends uh, engaged in the same uh, work people here who are uh, as, as yourself do you ensure that after the hands-on work that you can ask some questions that there is some communication with the person about their experience or is it that it's quiet, it's silent maybe just a few words and then the person leaves what's, what's, how is it at the end? Yeah, it's more quiet um, and silent and then they leave Would it <coughs> just a question would it could it be helpful and beneficial for your client for you to say to the person um, is there anything you would like to share? Mm-hmm. Yeah because sometimes things are arising and it might be beneficial even just for five minutes uh, there that also may bring a little view of course about uh, the, uh, the service that you offer there but more importantly really is the communication and sometimes they just need to share something just mm. for a few minutes mm. and you might be able then to provide and shed some light that could be really beneficial when they leave in the daily life so it's a hands-on role but there's a voice as well thank you so we'll have a a quiet minute or two and then another invitation Anyone at uh, any time? Recording, by the way. So, how are we to recognize a quiet mind without um, the use of thought? Since uh, arriving here about, mm-hmm. uh, I guess, nine days ago now, mm-hmm. I've spoken very little, mm-hmm. been meditating quite a great deal, mm-hmm. but my mind seems to be more active than ever. Mm-hmm. I'm daydreaming some very fantastic stories. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> uh, but it's. Um, Whereas with uh, distressing thoughts, it's quite easy to push them away, or the mm. desire to push them away is there. Mm. But with uh, these dramas that are going on, I get lost in them. So I don't. It, it, it would appear that I am quiet, but I, I'm certainly not <laughs> in my mind. <laughs> so, uh, so what would be the the marker of a quiet mind? <laughs> At the moment, I'm more interested in the entertainment that your mind's giving. 
buy the book when, when it comes out. Yeah. <laughs> I was actually thinking during meditation at one point how great it would be if I had a transcriber to, to take it all down as that I'm going, but I guess that doesn't work. <laughs> The true capitalist. <laughs> right, so, uh, so there's the meditations uh, uh, there, and sometimes, as you point out, the uh, the serious side of this, the uh, can really genuinely feel like and seem like that there is much, much more activity going on, which seems to be the opposite message of what meditation is all about. What is what do you think is feeding the stimulation of the states of mind, the stories, the dramas, the pictures? What, 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 what is the wood for the fire of that? What, what, what is the feeding to make that much make that such a priority for you? <coughs> Actually, I think it's the absence of distractions. Yeah, uh, perhaps these narratives are always there throughout my daily life, but I'm mm. doing something that uh, keeps them at bay. All right, but okay. now there's n- nothing to do. So, so daily life can be kind of consuming in, <coughs> in a certain way. One takes away all of that doing and priority and busyness and so on. And the relaxation, the absence of all the doing, gives rise for the uprising uh, of all that you just uh, described. And would you say that it's been rather relentless in the nine days? I mean, is that the consistent memory of daydream stories fantasies and lots of activity Um, the first few days were more anxious because adapting to the environment in general but now that I've adapted to the environment the the daydreams are part memory, part planning Mm. but mostly nonsense like Mm -hmm. just random Tangents that I'll mm. go off on, so they they don't seem to be attached to a thing, just no. kind of bubbling up out of nowhere. Right. But they're mm. not. Again, it's, the, the difficult part is they're not distressing, which makes me kind of dive deeper into this. Mm. All right. So it can be in the swings of the of the states of mind that the painful, distress, <coughs> distressing ones kind can give kind of more motivation for working with, but owing to the absence of uh, any distress, stress uh, in it all, (coughs) it can then be given more license to occupy your day. In this, all this activity and movement which is going on, what are you missing out on? Clarify the, the question. Yeah, sure, yeah, absolutely. The questions are not uh, intended to be easy. <laughs> in all this activity which is going on in the moment, in the moment. Mm-hmm. what are you missing out on owing to all of this mental activity? Missing out on, like, or what I perceive I'm min- missing out on. More deeper than what you perceive. In a way, what, what are you missing out on? So, days going by, and you look at the day, and gosh, my mind is so active, so much is going on in it, it's not really important, it's a memory this, and a plan that, and a this, and a that. It's just filled up with all of, all of this, and the question is, what are you missing out on? Don't think too much about it. The Listen thought. That, coming back to the original question, how <laughs> the thought that arises. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think it's 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 exhausting to be constantly like chasing thoughts around. Mm. So there's that. Um, I'm still going about my practice and, and sitting and whatnot, but mm. uh, 
it is, uh, yeah, is that, uh, am I uh, getting to the... I'll tell you what you're missing out on. (laughs) (laughs) You're missing out on life. Fair enough, yes. You're missing out on reality. You're missing out on truth. You're missing out on just about everything that deeply matters. That's the cost. Do you want to sustain that or change it? Change it, definitely. Good spirit. What's the sense that can contribute to changing it? I I don't know. No. I I, I don't know. And that's what's somewhat kind of frustrating is that I'm going about the practice of of Mm. diving deeper, Mm. and yet it seems that I've... I don't know, I'm deeper in my own yeah, yeah. narratives. Yeah, I appreciate than, the yeah. point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, 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 it genuinely is not, it, it, it's, uh, not easy. And I think you probably, with your good insight a few moments ago, probably touched it right on. That the day-to-day life can be quite busy. The doing, doing, the mind in the doing there. It's stop all of that. There's stillness rather than movement. And all those little bits and pieces and accumulations and unresolved, it just it blows up in your face. And you think, wow, my day is spent, lost in my mind. And all of its fabrications and its constructions and its moods and its feelings and its past, present and futures. Uh, as a <coughs> saying, as you can see, it's not easy to kind of see or cut through or change uh, some of that. <coughs> In spite of all of that, <coughs> has have there been any moments or times with the absence of it? It hasn't filled up your moment or your hour or your meditation. It just hasn't got that grip on you. <coughs> That's the, the the metric I'm looking for to mm. use a thought to look at a thought. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, if I think about times that I, I'll even use perhaps a sitting meditation. I, I, I my mind feels quite calm, mm-hmm. but then I hear the the gong and mm-hmm. I realize I was somewhere. Somewhere. Yeah. So it, it uh, how to even look at that objectively because. Yeah. Looking in and of itself can somewhat be a snowball effect into more thoughts. So. Mm, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah the, the streams of thoughts, the fabrications and the imagination that listening to is clearly some um, obstruction. It's entering into the, the field of consciousness much, 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 uh, too much. Might be worthwhile as a practice uh, here and you're not the only one in exactly the same position um, to make rich full use of the development of the senses eyes and ears so that the calmness that you felt momentarily at the end of the meditation you actually can feel it more often due to seeing and hearing much more and as a meditation and a practice it is an expansion of the mindfulness awareness it is to quite firmly decisively quietly to really be very very receptive to the colours entering into your eyes it might be useful to take a colour whatever that one might be and really look around really notice that colour and then to take another colour and then take a sound the sound in the room the sound of a voice the sound of a cough the sound of a bird the sound around you and really take, make that the object so that instead of lots of imaginations past, present and future the shift as a practice as a priority is to using to, is the use of light and colour 
and in that any description the naming as I spoke the other day about is kept <coughs> pardon me as brief brief as possible so the moment you catch yourself back into this past present imaginary world mm-hmm. a kind of false deceptive misleading unhealthy unhelpful reality not even a reality it's a, it's a fiction um, you say okay I'll just Catch it early as you can. Okay, I've got a pair of eyes, I've got a pair of ears, I've got a body to feel and, and uh, to explore and, and stay with that. Make it the real, uh, real uh, priority there. So the mind, because of the loss of interest in it, the loss of energy, the loss of um, support for, <coughs> it will begin to lose its authority over your consciousness. And that will make the space for something fresh and new and different. And let me know how it flows. Okay. Thank you. the uh, recording? Sure. Yes. So a thought arose because of something you said this afternoon. Mm, please do, yeah. And I'm curious to know if you think that uh, romantic connections are inherently painful or if they inherently involve Good Lord, a no. lot of pain. Good <laughs> <laughs> eh? <laughs> No. Eh? That's a typical Buddhist idea. Go on. Anyway, say some more. In I guess that's a leading question because my experience is showing me that there is a certain amount of pain that is involved in connecting in this way. So, or my current experience is showing me this, or experience of the yeah. past few years. So relationships have taken a nosedive, is that the... No, actually what I'm finding is that there's always uh, the amount of love that I can give someone... Uh, who I'm not romantically involved with is very beautiful, very strong, very free of attachment, and I can be happy for them in many ways. But when I connect with someone on a romantic level, then there's a lot of ego that comes in, and there's a lot of attachment, and a lot of different projections oh, that are coming in. And, um, and, and let me, let me. Although I still enjoy very much both types of connections, I'm still looking quite with open eyes at what's going on, and enjoying the exploration, yet curious. We sound like some Buddhist monks, I know. Um, last so time I was on this, on this chair many years ago, you said the same thing. Did I? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Gosh. To uh, put romantic love into a kind of separate category is a little unfortunate. 
intimacy? A different category then? Then friendship or um, um, family love or uh, other kinds. Of the, 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 the religions, generally speaking, mm. um, have had a problem with romantic love. Hindu tradition is much better, I have to say, but we'll talk about that another time. But um, so the question more or less was do you think, if I get the word romantic or romantic love, is inherently painful or inherently that, like wood is, like a tree is inherently made of wood, romantic love is inherently made of pain? I'm just finding in that, not just pain, but I'm saying in those particular types of connections, I'm finding a lot more of those experiences more right. than involved in my mm. present experience. Oh, I'm seeing see. Fair after spending three months in Goa and exploring that quite deeply. Three months in Goa? Yes. Now you've got me curious. Go on, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm seeing that yeah, there's a certain there's a certain beauty involved, but there's a certain measure of pain that, is, that yes. I'm finding there. All right, okay, yeah. fair enough. So... Um, you're heterosexual with a woman you're referring? Yes. Okay. So you meet a, a woman in, I don't know, a chai shop in Goa or beach or. <laughs> where the, it's a long time since I was in Goa. I, uh, I, I, gave, I gave a retreat there once. I never went back. But I, I enjoyed the time there. <laughs> anyway, it's another story. So uh, with. Um, there's the romantic feeling. Expand on this romantic feeling. Okay, we, we need so to I'm finding that in those uh, types of connections, which yes. there were several in Goa, I'm finding... Several? How long were you there? <laughs> Three months. I'm finding Three that months. God, <laughs> in heaven. Some of us, it took, took 25, 30 years to have several relationships. <laughs> Yours in three months, you busy so man. I, was, I find that exploration to be really interesting. There's a lot, there's, it's a very fertile ground for self work and some spiritual work. Also. Yeah. And so well, what's, I, the, what's the spiritual work you found in uh, <laughs> several relationships or there's, intimacies? There is a lot of giving involved. Of what? Oh, many things. Oh, yeah, all right. Thank you. And kindness. Oh, and sweet. Love. Okay. So, the, the, what, 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 why? There's, you know, I, by the way, I'm not, I don't care if people have a one day relationship, romantic, one week, one month, one year, one lifetime, it's not my concern. I'm, I'm only concerned about the ending of suffering. So, in the relationship to the other, in this case, uh, uh, she may be, and there's warmth, there's love, there's attraction, there's friendship and giving. Why should those lovely expressions, in its erotic and romantic form, have some kind of sting in the tail? That there's some, that it becomes painful sooner or later. Why? Why should that happen? For you, uh, a few things that I've noticed. One thing is that. Uh, the beautiful aspects involved I acknowledge but I also see the other aspects which there's a certain level of uh, inflation of a sense of self that comes from someone ah. being, looking at you and going you are so amazing you're so sexy you're so beautiful and that and which is great it feels really nice but there's a certain aspect there that feels a bit uh, inflating in some way in, an, in right. some way Okay. That is All right. one eye very pleasant and right. the other becomes... Uh, right. So you have some contact with the other and the words of love, appreciation, amazing, and much, much uh, uh, else. And so there is some relationship to the inflation of the self, the inflation of the ego and the pain later. Or that and also the attachment to that particular person that comes when one travels, uh, mm. life is very fluid. All right. So, so the person is sharing and offering and giving love, giving herself, and giving intimacy and sexuality and uh, more uh, besides. There's some inflation here. Is it that, say, the person 
says, um, oh thank you, and I'm moving on, or I'm traveling, is that the painful point? Or is it that she is not responding in that same way initially? Or you find your interest is fading in her? What's, what's going on with you? All of those above, they can all happen if you explore it. If, if I have a few, not me, sure. as I have explored yeah, several in those times, I find all those aspects. Sometimes you can find yeah. that initially very interested in the person, then that fades or it yes. comes and goes. Like everything is constantly changing. Right. Or it could be very intense and then each person has to go some other place because of previous plans, like going on a retreat or yes. stuff like that. What, what, do you, what do you think of yourself when you uh, reflect uh, on this? Do you find it helpful to have whatever, several close encounters in the space of three months? Do you, do I found it very interesting and helpful because that's what I wanted to do. So that's what it, it was an intention that came with. All right. Yeah. And what, what, as you can recall, was the primary intention in having several close Primary intention? Hmm. Or in, yes. What, 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 what do you... It was to see how uh, previous patterns, yes. for me, of uh, kind of taking very strong distance mm. are playing out in these uh, yes. relationships and how to break them down and to have these types of connections rather than shy away from them. Okay. Could you be, have swung, open question, from one extreme to the other? So before it was kind of avoiding, stepping back, shying away from, and then you kind of swung down the other end of the spectrum and then had several in a row. Yeah, I tend to fluctuate between extremes or yeah. being and go and silent retreat. I think those are also quite extreme. Have you heard the term middle way? <laughs> I've heard the term. I'm trying, uh, but I find that sometimes it's uh, easier to swing from one extreme to the other and then somehow find mm. the balance. What, what might, apart from the intention and the interest to explore and have some short communications and whatever form the uh, and one can learn a lot I agree and get some benefit and some enjoyment uh, there clearly sounded like with the opening question also some doubt is being involved in a romantic relationship or connection or friendship whatever with another inherently painful that was the words. Mm. Inherently painful. Mm -hmm. And and then the other then the voice came, but when I'm with just friends, I'm sharing and giving, I don't have that. Mm -hmm. So then there's the experiment or the exploration with uh, several people over the, the period of time. Is there a and there's some learning uh, going on, of course. Could it be that with the several people, what might be the vulnerable outcome for you? From those explorations? Exactly. The outcome, well, there's a few of them. There's, um, there could be an attachment forming to two women that I don't particularly want to become attached to. This is what I yeah. found, one of these one vulnerabilities. Right, so... To a person that maybe... I perhaps should not become attached to because yeah. of various are using, How are you using the word attachment here? Do you mean connected or... No, attached, clinging? like internally, oh. emotionally, mm -hmm. becoming, uh, you know, missing that particular person or... Yes. yes. Mm -hmm. So person comes... Let me get it clear. Person comes into your life, mm -hmm. there is a romantic connection, attachment or involvement. She steps out, you step out, or you both step out, and then it's over. And then there is another opportunity fairly soon afterwards and then the same thing repeats itself again through several uh, women. Could that lead, could lead to a pattern of short-term relationships and not feeling the potential or the opportunity to develop it in the course of time into something deeper because you're getting used to the, the short uh, pleasurable sensation with a bit of pain. Mm. 
think it's a possibility, but it's not the the main thing that I'm looking at. I think the part of these experiences, the, one of the positive benefits was the the learning of what it is that leads, uh, what conditions have to be there for this yes. to develop long term, because not always those conditions are there. And from my no. previous experience of having been married and gotten divorced, I know that. Uh, when that kind of thing explodes, and it's very unpleasant. So I mm. think it's important to be very mindful of who you form a very strong connection with. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that. And I, I and certainly agree the mindfulness of who we connect and the development and the trust and uh, and the sustaining uh, 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 of it. Still, I don't get the feeling kind of quite answer the question that you asked me I find a certain like a, a certain uh, like addictive quality to it yes to the short hit no? yeah I think so or perhaps mm. even the longer I just haven't had that in a while <coughs> so I can't no. really look at it no <coughs> that would generate some whatever neediness Frustration, the perception of more women along those kind of lines. A craving. Exactly. Uh, Agitation, sensu- sensuality, yeah. touch, pleasure, sexuality, romantic, and of course, many, many women much, much appreciate uh, just a friendship and would feel. Uh, rather uncomfortable if the guy is kind of to use the lingo coming on yes yeah, so what I'm finding also in very very close intimate friendships mm-hmm. that I have with women those are also very fulfilling and actually mm, yes, the I love agree. there is quite uh, so free yes. that I cannot see them for many months and not miss them and when we connect again it's yeah. beautiful yes, yes, that, that, that. and hear all about their other romances and I don't care I no. mean, I care, but I don't feel pain. No, no. Yeah. So, it sounds, li- uh, listening to you, that some wisdom and understanding uh, is needed and to be understood within oneself uh, in relationship to others, particularly women where there is some um, romantic movement or something uh, uh, in, in the air so that one is very clear about what is going on inside of oneself which can generate some pain in that dynamic which is apparently not occurring elsewhere but more concretely and specifically in this uh, area yeah uh, uh, there. I've, yet to, I've yet to find the the right balance there. Mm, yeah, exactly. I can hear it. And that's going to take some work, going to take some uh, reflection, and just to see what is going on. One aspect of it is the inflation of the ego. And what goes up will come down with a bump. Sooner or later, it will come down with a bump. So there's a clue in there somewhere. And, uh, of course, really listening to, to the other as uh, devoid of self-interest as much as possible. That would also help. Hmm. Watch your ego, watch the eye and mind inflating, and uh, keep your good heart, eyes, ears open for the other. Because sometimes... You may get some enjoyment, pleasure, you have a good one night stand and all the rest of it uh, there. And the other may regard it as in a more deeply held way as the start and the, and the beginning of something in a more long term way. She may not have realized that when she went to bed with you. And after, can feel a bit hurt and disappointed, perhaps, in herself. 
perhaps in you. One shouldn't underestimate the power of love, romance, sexual energy, and real and two people really, uh, really listening to each other. Because it may go unsaid. Maybe oh yes, fine. It's just short. It's just holiday. It's just go. We're just on the beach. Both may say uh, say that. But if one's really listening to the deep, one would know if that is quietly authentic or whether perhaps the need is much deeper than that. And if it is, it will be very disappointing and hurtful and painful if it ends. A person says, great, I'm moving on in both directions. Could be from her to you. Okay, enough? Um. (coughs) Yeah, I think so. All right. Thanks for the good voice. Thank you. Thank you. moment and then I'll give a, just a, a short uh, reflection. Quite often, of course, in our <coughs> primary actions, work for some is one of those, where there is the self and the other. The other might be uh, close at hand, she, he, or they, and the other might be long-term vision, in fact. And with regard to the other, who is uh, close at hand. The dynamic of interest is important, meaning. We can be relying upon, and our interest can be, on how do I view this about myself, what I am doing. Really noticing what are the responses when we are acting as the judge over what we do. The second, obviously, as referred to, is with regard to the other. We can engage in an activity which the other, his or her voice, or absence of the voice as we listen to, really can have some impact and effect upon us. And therefore we can move in the duality (coughs) of the views of oneself about oneself and the views of the other. Dharma teachings are a non-self teaching and what is meant by that in this particular case is that the shift of the priority is actually on the trust in the activity it's the confidence in the activity and with the confidence in the activity the voice which comes from us can be reflective but insightful and helpful it doesn't feel like it's reactive It's not being used, our voice, to boost ourselves up, nor put ourselves down. And similarly, when the real primary, this is the action, this is the service, this is the offering, the action is one that counts. The voice of the other, because there isn't dependency for approval and recognition and acknowledgement, 
uh, there, is much more able and easy to listen to the other um, and to recognize that sometimes people want their uh, quiet, may not there be, be their way even to say anything. Or the person may say, well, I'm paying for this session, that's enough recognition, or whatever. And we can be okay with that because we value what we offer. There's the value for what is shared. It's the activity uh, uh, which counts. Sometimes in the areas of uh, hearing of um, uh, views and uh, relationships and uh, those uh, dynamics which uh, take place, feeling life is a kind of precious and uh, important one which uh, influences uh, uh, upon us. And the feeling life is so varied as we were listening to them just at uh, the end uh, there I do think it calls upon us to have a wide view of the range and variety of the feelings and in that decisively to include in that the romantic uh, life it may show itself in the singularity of the other we see this sometimes in the, uh, the artwork of the tradition of India here and the lovely artwork of Rama and Sita Krishna and uh, Radha Krishna and um, Radha and Shiva and Bhavati that the, they're in the poetry in the theatre in the music in the religious world there's a recognition of the dynamic of uh, relationships and much to learn from all of that but it's uh, exceptional it's exceptional for the erotic and the religious as can be found in some temples in India to really be brought together uh, western uh, traditions uh, has very little appreciation or recognition uh, of, of this still it calls upon us in our uh, uh, exploration and sometimes the romantic doesn't have to be with another at all it's just the, the sense of the adventure of life the uh, romantic situation the really close good friendship with another as we were uh, listening to doesn't have to have any uh, touch in it doesn't have to have any um, sexuality uh, there. it's just that intimacy and trust and some of those situations, and some of you may have experienced this, where there is that in the, uh, in the air, in the communication, it is playful, it is romantic uh, in the air, but for a variety of reasons, perhaps one is, in a, is married and the other uh, isn't, perhaps two people are very far away, perhaps just know nothing can emerge out of, uh, out of that with the relationship, and there's just the readiness and the willingness to appreciate uh, feelings and intuitions, spoken or unspoken, and just to rest with all of that. And that's uh, lovely and uh, beautiful uh, uh, as well. And, uh, therefore I say that the erotic and the romantic and the, the spiritual and the exploration, they can all really uh, work together regardless of uh, the views and opinions and one person or another may just find well in certain areas of the feeling life there is some tendency towards ego self and attachment okay that's our practice we want to look into that that's getting in the way of the clarity that starts to generate some neediness or demand or whatever it might be. So let's just have a short quiet minute and then we'll uh, finish for the day.
Sometimes kind of have a certain kind of choice with keeping our eyes and ears uh, open and sometimes it's in the choiceless realm. Welcome to the choiceless. People say, oh, I love choiceless practice. Oh great, you'll, you'll be fine. This is choiceless. What's <laughs> the sound emanating... Uh, through and over the walls here, uh, there, and still we're keeping our eyes and ears uh, uh, open. And again, as we were speaking, not letting the imaginations and the mental activity, because frankly, there's much more chance of there being more noise in our mind than anything that can be sent over the wall. We're here to dissolve the noise in the mind and have a real connection with life and, and all, that it, all that is presented to us. This time now is a, uh, five minutes to nine if our beloved bell ringer would kindly ring the bell please in 15, one five minutes time and then around ten past nine we'd have a short sitting together till uh, 9.30 and then the three jewels on the retreat hot lemon ginger alright <laughs> thank you Thank mm-hmm. you. 